Ladies and gentlemen, before the podcast begins, we just wanted to let you know that this episode of Pick and Drive Rugby podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and use the code GETINVOLVED, all one word, to receive 20% off and free shipping on your first order. Thanks very much. Hooper now offloads. Oh, so close, still short. Oh, Well, welcome back to another episode of the Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Foster, and I'm joined with my co-host, Ando Anderson. Ando, how are you? I'm doing brilliantly, mate. It's good to be back. Loving this preview series of the Super Rugby AU season and really just keen for some of the interviews that are coming up. I'm pretty jealous of what we have in store tonight. Yeah, it's going to be great. So who we are, what we do, first of all, we are two diehard rugby fans having a weekly chat about all things Aussie rugby, real family friendly and positive. Get involved. Get involved. Awesome. So yeah, as Ando alluded to before tonight, we are continuing our preseason preview, our preseason section on the upcoming (laughs) Super Rugby AU season. Tonight is the Queensland Reds. And without further ado, we can reveal the exciting guest we have joining us tonight. And that is Queensland Red Captain Liam Wright. Now, it's pretty fantastic um, to have Rongers back on the show with us. He's been on before and he was kind enough to give us his time again for this season. Uh, Unfortunately, I was unavailable at the time that we were able to organize with him. So Mitch, the lucky bugger, got to do this whole one on his own. Um, So I haven't even heard it yet. By the time this goes live, I'll be hearing it for the first time as well. So I'm really excited to hear what you guys had to say. Yeah, no, it's a good episode. We've got some really interesting topics coming up. Um, before we get into that rugby chat, and we've got some social media platforms. So why don't you run us through those? Cool. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So Instagram, hashtag pick underscore drive underscore rugby. Facebook, pick and drive rugby podcast. And Twitter at pick underscore drive rugby. Hit us up on there. Would love to hear from you. Perfect. Now we have mentioned in the last few episodes that we are doing something different this year in terms of fan engagement. And we can reveal tonight or today or this afternoon, whenever you happen to listening to this episode, that we are setting up our own picking or tipping comp, I should say, on Super Brew. So how this works Go to the website, www.superbrew.com, sign up for an account, and then you can join our tipping pool. It's free of charge. There's no money involved. Um, It's all just for fun, really. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really good. We're going to hopefully get a lot of engagement through that channel. We'll be able to chat and banter and see who everyone's going for throughout the weeks, um, see how everyone's faring in terms of points for and against and that kind of thing. So it's going to be really exciting. Now, <clears throat> sorry, um, I set the, the pool up and are you recently joined? Why don't you run through how to join the pool um, as you're yeah, cool. more across that? Yeah, it's super easy. So um, Super Brew, the website is B-R-U. S-U-P-E-R-B-R-U, just in case. I think it's a Kiwi way of saying it. Super Brew. Yep, that's exactly it. So once you go there, you create an account. Like Mitch said, it's totally free. And you select um, what what Super Rugby team you support. Once you get into that, up the top, you're going to have four options of picks, pools, performance, info. Directly under that are the different pools that you are a part of. Okay? So for me, I'm a Waratahs fan. I'm immediately... Uh, allocated the Waratahs fans pool but next to it you can click add 
pool. Then you go down to join a friend's pool and then you just search for pick and drive rugby. Now, the important thing is, is you use a symbol for and, not the word A and D. Alternatively, just search for the word pick and our uh, pool will come up as a fourth or fifth option or something like that down it's super easy basically just create an account on superbrew.com and find the search bar and once you got the search bar just write pick and then you can find us there uh there's a lot of opportunity for banter and chat within the group um there's also a feature of the what is it the yellow cap or the yellow yeah. cap yeah Talk us so how that, that works um every every week you as a fan us as i guess semi-professionals if we want to call us ourselves that we put our picks in <laughs> <laughs> we put our picks in which is basically what we've been doing last season anyway just revealing what who we think is going to win each game and what the score is going to be or the margin so we'll be carrying on in the same way but now you get a chance to be involved so you put your your predictions in um and at the end of the game at the end of the round there's you get scores depending on how well you did so if you're within three points of picking the actual exact margin you get a bonus point you get a point for getting the game right and then three points, an additional point. So if you're within three of the final score, um, and then at the end of the round, whoever accrues the most points gets what's called the yellow cap, and that is the winner of the round. So throughout the season, we may see one or two people potentially holding onto that yellow cap, but hopefully, if things go well, it'll be shared around by different people throughout the season. Brilliant. Well, we're really excited. This is just a simple way that we're trying to build a bit of engagement. There's also a banter section on it where you can be paying other people out or sledging them for the bad calls that they've made. Um, We're just really keen to get a little bit of just further opportunity for chatting and engagement within this little community that's been growing with our pod. So make sure you get involved. Make sure you sign up. Like we said, it's free. It's easy to do and it's a lot of fun. So get involved. And if it's too hard, doing what we went through before with Ando walking you through it. Um, We will also put the link on our social media channels. So get on there, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a retweet or however Twitter works. Um, And then we'll also put the link on there. So uh, again, another option to follow us. So yeah, that's, that's it for that. Um, I think we can sort of, look towards our preview of the red season. How about that, Ando? How are you thinking? Yeah, that sounds great. I think there's one thing we need to quickly say. Um, When Mitch and I went through and did the preview of the red season, the Reds hadn't actually confirmed their squad yet. Um, We actually recorded this one day before the squad was released. Mm -hmm. The only reason I'm mentioning that is in our chat, we don't actually refer to the fact that Chris Feoi Sotia wasn't going to be a part of the red squad in 2021 because that wasn't known until they confirmed it the day after we recorded. Um, So I'll just quickly comment on that. I think it's going to be a pretty big loss. He was probably one of the most experienced players in the reds backline, but with the depth of talent that they have in their backline, I don't think his loss will be keenly felt unless they have a couple of unfortunate injuries to somebody like Paisami and or Pattaya. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely. All yeah, right, well, well I think we're good to go. Cool, well, let's get into it. Um, let's get into a rugby chat with Liam Wright. Let's go. All right, now time to talk some Queensland Reds. And I we're lucky enough tonight to be joined by Queensland Reds captain Liam Wright. Liam, how are you? How are things going up there in Queensland? Mitch, I'm going well. It's, um, it's hot. We've got the Gabba test on and uh, a lot of cricket going around. So um, that's how you know preseason's in full swing and uh, everything's going pretty good. Now, tonight's going to be a bit different. I don't have Ando with me. He's off doing parental things. So it's just going to be myself, but I'm sure we can try and keep this a little bit faster and sharper than um, when Ando likes to yabber on a little bit. So um, yeah, 
let's uh, let's get into it. So first of all, preseason well and truly underway. You're recently back now after having some time off after last year with the Wallabies. How how are things going? Yeah, things are going well. Um, the boys had a really good um, preseason pre Christmas. Um, we got to bring a lot of young guys through and and get them a full preseason and that which. Um, has turned out really beneficial. You know, we get to bring them into the swing of things, um, you know, get them into our, inside our culture and, and just running a few more plays than, than otherwise they might not get the time to do. Uh, a lot of the young guys coming through as well, as I said, still young guys. So they need a good preseason like that where they can focus uh, specifically on them. Uh, we had 11 or 12 guys away. So it puts them much more in the front running and, and gets them some really good quality time with coaches and S&C. So uh, coming back and seeing that, uh, all the boys popped their heads in before Chrissy. Um, love what they saw. Thorny and the coaches are really happy. So um, now that we're back in the swing of things as well, uh, we're really looking forward to it. And it's nice to have a bit of a preseason this year. Last year, we were uh, pl- pretty much playing games already. So it's good to actually get yeah. a bit of time. To, yeah, by this time or early next week, we would have been into the first round of Super Rugby. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, it's good to have a bit of time to to get back into the, the swing with the squad and um, trial, first trial games in a couple of weeks. So we'll just keep working towards that. Now, COVID has, is sort of still hanging around. We haven't gotten rid of that issue as of yet. Has that affected you personally or the team in terms of preparation at all? Um, you know, obviously last year with everything, we the Queensland especially because of, um, you know, just the, the border restrictions that government put in, we were put in a pretty strict bubble. So um, at the moment, there's uh, not nothing quite like that happening, which is really nice for the boys. You know, they can spend their time outside of footy getting a good balance and that um for me over christmas i was going to go down my family's in sydney so i was going to go down um around the 21st or 22nd spend christmas with them spend about a week down there um and that obviously got shut down so um, yeah last minute as well yeah well that's the worst thing i think that you you're so hopeful you're going up oh, five days till chrissy will be sweet and then suddenly they go nah we're done yeah. so um my roommate was kind enough to have me to his place his mum cooked up a great feed and um, a few daiquiris so it was um, a really nice day and um, good way to spend it as well so um, you know and relatively it hasn't been too bad at all yeah well I'm, I'm glad you at least got to share it it can be a bit tough when you're isolating or by yourself and not being able to be with family I think that's the toughest part of this time so I'm, I'm definitely glad that you got to have that time with friends and family as well yeah, um, moving to pre-season how how is things different this year is there a change of focus? Um, you got to the final of Super Rugby AU last year. You had a relatively young team. There's some new faces coming in. Do Is your approach to this season any different to last year? Yeah, it has to be because we didn't quite, you know, we didn't get our goal last year, which was to, to win the tournament. And um, we let ourselves down in a, in a fair few key areas, which which cost us games and, and um, it definitely cost us the final. So, yeah, we do have a different focus on this one and that we need to be, um, more accurate you know the, the focus probably isn't isn't too different but we've got to raise our standards from last year and and pick up on things which which cost us and um, you know it was a difficult season um, you know a few players came and went and so we had to st- uh, step into certain areas I know our line out was one of the areas upon review that we really weren't happy with and um, you know that happens when you lose a couple of key quality locks but that's just on us to be better and that's certainly been a focus for us and finding ways to to do that better this preseason um, as well. You know, the guys coming through, I think our game management is going to keep getting better. Uh, Jim McKay has been really good with that. And, and he's sort of had a, a, a couple of years. He's, a, he's had a plan so that 
Uh, we probably weren't quite ready to implement a few things last year and he's got his third year plan now where we're, we're feeling as a team that we're up to that and introduce a few more aspects in attack. And, and um, you know, Toddy as well in his first season, his defence did really, really well. We felt that was quite a strength for us and, and that we defend our line really well. Um, so it's just building on things like that. You know, game management was a key for us, closing out a few games. Um, that round five game in Canberra especially was was one where we should have closed it out. And, it, you know, you look back at things like that and it probably cost us a home final. And mm. uh, So it, it, it's a bunch of aspects like that put together and, um, you know, just getting back into the swing of things with the team. We focus on a few of those things and uh, hopefully it puts us in good stead. And has there been anyone new or old coming back that's really stood out to you personally in this preseason? Uh, yeah, I think um, James O'Connor's been really good. He's come back a, a week or two early just to sort of run through things with the guys, do it on his own time and, um, you know, come and just do the field sessions. Um, he still needs his time away, which he's been good for. But um, I think him getting back in early with, with us and a few of the boys um, like that has been really good, especially as a game manager in that 10. Um, at the same time, Hamish and Bryce have been there the whole time. Um, they've been a really loud voice for the group, which has been great. Um, you know, you need that, and especially from guys who are going to do your, your, as I said, your game management, your kicking, stuff like that. A um, few young guys coming through. Mac Greeley's looking really good. Um, you know, he's got twinkle toes and can't be touched, so he, he's really good, especially with a full preseason under his belt. Um, I think in the forwards as well, a, a couple of our guys, Seru, um, Tawana, Smithy, all in that sort of um, lock back row sort of role that they can cover both. Um, a full preseason again has been really good for them and just their development from last year. And um, yeah, so it's really exciting. And then, of course, Big Sully's coming in. So um, he's going to be awesome. He's, I think a lot of the boys were taken aback by how, how big he was. So um, I think he'll be, he'll be huge. And then partnered with guys like Filippo and that on the wing, Geordie. Um, you've seen our back line. It's, we can put a lot of combinations there. So uh, it's pretty exciting times. Yo, I'm glad you brought him up because I think that's something that a lot of our fans are wanting to know about or hear about. How is he finding that transition from playing the final of the NRL last year to slotting into the Wallabies, doing a little bit of time there? And now this is, I guess, his first preseason back in the 15-man code. How is he finding things? How are you personally finding him being in the team? Yeah, he's been great. I've got nothing but good things to say. Um, I think it was important for him to get a good break. Obviously, that NRL season's a long season, 20-odd yeah. rounds it was last year and and then final series. So he, he trained in the Wallabies for uh, two weeks, I think, just to sort of you know get back his feel before preseason and stuff and then um, enjoyed a nice break as well, which was good. Uh, you sort of forget that he was more of a union guy playing league than, yeah. than a, as opposed to a league guy playing union. Now um, he played under 18s in Auckland, I think with Nella and guys like that. So uh, he's been really good. He's picked up the, the, you know, the rules again, the ruck, all of that stuff quite quickly um, as you'd expect from, from a guy who played up until he was 18 or so. Um, and yeah, he's just a great person, really humble, hardworking, um, Fits in well with the Fijian boys we've got there at the moment. So they've got a nice group going. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it just seems like a really good guy to have around in the team. And I'm sure he'll pass on a lot of knowledge about the professionalism and stuff it takes, you know, coming from that storm culture where Mm. um, they've had a dynasty the past, well, a long time now. 
Yeah, no, I think he brings something different to that wing position as well. You've got the skills of Filippo Dungunu and having um, Vunivalu on the other side. Both of those guys together, I'm really, uh, as a Tars fan, I'm worried. But as a Wallabies fan, I'm just excited to see them both unleashed together. It's going to be a really cool season. Um, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. If we move across into the sort of structure of this coming season, it's a little bit different to anything we've seen in the past with Super Rugby AU up first and then a trans-Tasman competition in the later half of the year. Does this season bring something different in your preparation, being that you're playing the Australian sides first, so you know what you've got to do there, fairly similar to what we saw last year, but then we've got that trans-Tasman comp coming in. There's probably going to be a week of downtime you don't really get another pre-season moving into that comp does that change your approach at all it is it is also different to super rugby that we saw in the past yeah i'm, I'm pretty glad there isn't another pre-season between those two comps we did about three last year so yeah. i don't need any more um yeah it, it's going to be a weird one in a way um i think that you know the, the rugby au one is which we had this year um it's kind of like we we described as as more of a, a sprint than a <clears throat> then Super Rugby Evolved, which was um, you can afford to drop a few games here and there and, and come through towards the end. Um, it's it's pretty vital that you start off running and and get up a good good head of steam in the first few games, and you got to carry that on the whole way because you know we saw mid season last year we dropped that game to the Tars and then we dropped one to the Brumbies the week before, um, and then suddenly you're looking at missing out on finals first. Mm. Um, we did well to pull it back at the end of the season, but you don't want to be in that sort of yeah. headspace and that struggle. Um, it, it, will, it will be interesting in having to go from um, your analysis of with the Aussie teams, you just can solely concentrate on them. It's pretty yep. easy to keep track of. There's only you know two games each week to try and keep track of. Um, so it'll be good having to watch and, and analyse those teams in preparation for what we're going to see. And again, that's a short competition. It's just the one round versus them all once and um and see how you go and 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 make the make the most of that too so um i don't quite know how we're going to go about the if there's going to be a different sort of preparation for it i think mostly it'll be the same it'll be trying to carry our structures through the season just into different teams that we verse and probably not unlike super rugby in previous seasons except that um you don't have the the changing of the guard between south africa new zealand australian teams each week you sort of have your core opposition and then you turn your focus to someone else's here. And how do you personally find this sort of structure? Do you like the idea of playing them in their own competitions with their own trophies to, to win? Or do you prefer the old super rugby format of just having all the teams involved, playing them all home and away or as much as possible throughout the season? Um, I like the idea of having more more trophies up for grabs. I think that's, you know, silverware is what we're after and, and championships and trophies like that. That's what we all play for. And, um, you know, especially the Reds, that's, we, we, didn't, we missed out on that last year and we really want to go that step further. So the opportunity to have another trophy up for grabs is, is really cool. Um, but I, I do think there's a certain uh, almost skill that there is to being able to chop and change because yep. all of the countries probably subconsciously have their own sort of style. Um, you know, South Africans had, you know, the big malls and the the tight games and the forward battles and that. Um, New Zealand's pretty all over the shop. They'll run, yeah, they'll kick, yeah, they'll do it all. And, they'll and score Aussies, from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the Aussie teams are developing a nice little brand too now in our competition. So um, it's definitely interesting. And and I kind of like being having a chop and change and, and 
you know, offer different perspectives each week on based on different teams from different countries you may verse. But um, I think the allure of, of a couple more trophies with different competitions is pretty exciting too. So I'm, I'm liking and we'll see how this year goes. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. The prospect of potentially having two trophies back in Australia will be, will be very yeah. exciting as, a, as an Aussie yeah. rugby fan. Um, if we look at last season, you guys came very, very close to taking out Super Rugby AU. Um, I think you mentioned it before that some of the games that you had throughout the season, you sort of let slip. You had a really great home record. I think you beat everyone at home. And when you went away, you weren't as lucky as getting those victories. Is that something that you're looking at in preparation for this uh, for this year in this these two different competitions, your home and away, um, your form, how it would differ between the two, where wherever you were playing. Yeah, definitely. We we wanted to make Suncorp something of a fortress. It's um, it it really is Queensland's fortress. Really, it's um, it's where a lot of people come out to see you, just go to battle and and just put that Queensland heart on your sleeve, which is you know, what we've tried to get back to and, and sort of in things like that res to regions and try and connect with our people again. Um, and we did well last year, so we want to keep that going this year. Our home record is really, really important to us. Uh, again, with our away record, um, you know, we had that draw in Brookvale. We, we let one slip definitely in Canberra um, in round five. Um, there's a few things like that. I think it was a bit of getting used to probably the fly and fly out stuff. Yeah. That's I mean, you, you probably can't just brush by that. It, it is tough. We, yep. we don't make excuses with it. But it, um, as Thorny's said a few times, it, it kind of can be hard to, to you know, get off a plane and stuff like that and, and feel at your absolute best, feel absolutely fizzing. Um, you know, we pulled some good performances out sometimes when we went away, but then as well, we let ourselves down. And so I think getting used to that, having another year of that on our sleeve will be good and finding the right way to mentally juggle that and our training load and, uh, that'll definitely be key this year because those away matches, uh, if you can secure your home games and then pick up those away matches, uh, puts you in a really good place on the ladder. Yeah, definitely. Now, before we move um, out of Super Rugby and into the Wallabies, I've got a bit of a fun question for you. So they change the rules next year. You can have any player from anywhere in the world come and join the Reds, but money's not an object, uh, not an issue. Who would you bring into the Reds and for what reasons? Oh. Anywhere from the world. Anyone. That's a good question. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about that French halfback, um, du- DuPont. Yep. Um, Tady's a bit of a pest as well, so I'd get rid of him. <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. I was watching a bit of French stuff earlier today, actually. Um, and, yeah, he's really exciting. He's And especially in their competition, they've got that, that balance of the kicking game and then he seems to bring that French flair a typical French flair. So, um, yeah, two problem, two birds, one stone in a way. Get rid of Tate and, and um, bring him in would be pretty cool. And he might have that French down pat, so you might not actually know what he's saying at you. He's just barking orders, but you don't you don't get what he's saying. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I've just got one more question around Brad Thorne before we move off Super Rugby. Um, he's a little bit of an enigma. We've seen him as sort of this hard-edged, no-nonsense enforcer. But some of the other guests we've had on in the past have revealed that he's got a bit of a, a softer side to his dynamic. He enjoys uh, classical music. He's got a bit of a Christian faith. Are there any su- insights that you'd like to bring to Brad Thorne that maybe not everyone is so aware of? 
Um, yeah, Thorny is weird. He's, he's a hard nut to crack. He's got that hard exterior and, and puts on that big show. But, um, yeah, he just loves being part of the teams, part of the boys. Um, too much. In his first few seasons as coach, he couldn't get him out of the locker room. He was just trying <laughs> to join in on all the, all the boys' banter and that, which he still does. He loves that stuff and he's built a really good um, connection with our lads here. So, um, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a tough one like that. He's, he, thr- he prides himself on his hard, on his hard, you know, rugged sort of um, tough appeal on the, on the field and that. Um, and doesn't give too much away as well in interviews and stuff. He keeps he keeps it all pretty quiet. But he is he's a strong Christian man. He um, um, and a big family man. That's really important for him. Um, but yeah, he's got a really good way of of um, you know putting putting some of the tough stuff away. And when there's guys who need a bit of a you know just a a talk, a friendly talk, he's great like that. Um, a lot of boys have gone through some struggles with family and stuff like that. And he's always the first one to wrap their arm around him and, and get them back in the swing of things and, and help them out. So um, I haven't heard him listen to too much classical music, but um, he's, he's definitely a big softy under there. And though <laughs> he tries to show off around the boys, he'll go and rack up 150 on the bench. He's still a big softy at heart. So um, I think he's got a really good balance of that at the moment with our squad. Yeah, awesome. No, I love it. Um, we'll shift now into some Wallabies stuff before we, f- we wrap things up. You've been in the Wallabies now for a few years. Um, you've been firstly there under Michael Checker, and now you're last year you had the experience to be in the squad under Dave Rennie. Have you personally seen any difference that Rennie's brought to either his approach to coaching or just the whole approach to the rug- the Wallabies environment? Yeah, Rennie's is very um, he's very technical. Uh, like he he knows exactly where he wants. You know, numbers two, four, and six have to be at this breakdown. Um, these guys have to be there. He knows exactly how his game plan works, and he's 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 found a really good way of. I think he explains that really well to the players. Um, so you, you, your buy-in is is very good with that. Check, of course, was a really great player motivator. He was he was great at getting people up and ready to play and put that passion in the jersey. Um, whereas Renz is, you know, a bit quieter in that, but has exactly his technicalities in the game, the um, little nuances and skills like that. He's quite big as well on working on, um, you know, little personal skills that'll help your game, which in turn helps um, the team dynamic. So um, he, he just always seemed to have the answers. You know, if you'd, you'd be like, oh, why, why this, why that, why is this going on? Um, he'd always have, just have a straight bat back to you and say, this is why, this is what's going to happen. Um, if this doesn't happen, then this happens, and it like you can see a real, you know, cause and effect sort of thing, which um, is is pretty easy to play under. That leads me perfectly into my next question. Um, as a player individually, have you found yourself changing in either ways? Have you been given guidance by any of the Wallabies coaches onto how to change your performance? Is there any just being involved in that national setup? Have has that improved you as a player overall? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And their feedback was very consistent as well and, and quite pointed. So you, you knew exactly what you had to work on. Um, I think a, a big thing for me going into that um, camp this year again, which was uh, probably one of the most enjoyable things about that Wallabies thing is um, you sort of remember you've got to go and work on your individual game. Um, you know, a lot of times when you, um, during the super season, there's a lot of stuff going on and, um, especially with the captaincy and that, um, 
you when you're working on things, you're running those extra set plays that you need for the game. You're um, trying to you know find the balance with the line out or something like that. Um, the Wallabies and, and they sort of forget to work on your individual stuff. You do your tackles and your individual prep like that towards the end. But it was great to work on. Um, you know, Renz would say you, you need to improve your footwork into carry. Like you got a good offload. You, if you get better footwork into the carry, you can use that more. Um, and it's stuff like that that you just sort of reminds you to keep constantly. Yeah. Um, not that we're not working on our own game during the season, but to con- keep constantly working on the little things that'll make the difference in the end. And also um, just, and just shifting your focus out. a little bit as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes stepping back a bit and saying, all right, for me to, um, you know, maybe lead these guys the best, I've got to show that I'm working on, on my own stuff. That'll translate to hopefully them doing that. Um, so it's good to almost take a step back from that and, and you know, look at your game from a different, especially a fresh perspective, like new coaches, a lot of new players. So it was great. If we look at the results on the field, it probably wasn't the best season for the, for the Wallabies. Um, three draws in one season is unheard of. It's often been said that having a draw is a bit like um, kissing your sister. It, it's not a win and it's not a loss. How did you personally take those draws and how also how did the team sort of dynamic feel after those, not losses, but those draws? Yeah. Yeah. The draws were like, yeah, horrible. Kissing your sister. It was just, yeah, it was um, to get three of them. But by the last one, we were just like shaking our heads. We're like another draw. What it's happened again. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just bewildering. It was, I don't know what was happening, but um I think, especially during the campaign, we we were we were quite positive that you know we're one. I mean, some of those we had two or three kicks to win the games as well, and you know Hodgie has a couple inches to the left or something, and suddenly yeah. it's um, you know four wins and two against the All Blacks and two against Argentina. I think that was the thing that really kept us going, and um, we knew we were on the right track. At the same time, it's you know one year into a four-year campaign, and Ren's made that pretty clear that. You know, we're still picking things up and we'll get better at what we're going to do. And um, the, they were, yeah, the draws weren't fun at all. They were seriously, seriously frustrating. But I think the boys knew that, you know, a couple things here and there that we tidy up, which we can, you know, take into next year as well, use that to springboard into next year. And suddenly we're looking at a, a really good campaign, you know, four out of six. Um, still not what we want. We want six wins. But, um, you know, it's, it's looking a lot better and, um, we just it, it just gave us a little bit of reassurance that we were on the right track. We just got to tighten up a few things, um, you know, not not so dissimilar to to our red season, where if we mm. tighten up a few things, those lo- close losses or draws and stuff turn into wins. And um, you know, it was reassuring. And then the leadership group there and the um, coaches, you know, kept reinforcing that they were pretty on track. Yeah, I mean. From an outsider's perspective, you could look at that and say that it wasn't a great season, but we did come so close. If Hodgie gets that kick in the second, in that first game, sorry, of the Bledisloe, we potentially have an opportunity to win it again. Um, if we get, he gets those two kicks against Argentina, we're up there to take out the rugby champs as well. It, it, we came incredibly close and I think you guys just need to be aware or just be have that front of mind that you did come so close and you did do so well. Um, there's a lot of negativity out there, but as a fan, we just want you guys to know that you, you're on the right track. You're doing really well. So, so keep it up. Yeah. And it felt like we were playing more positive rugby too, which was good. And, 
um, you know, we don't never want to rely on our kicker as well. So we, you know, we take out a few silly penalties, which we are guilty of a lot of the time and, and suddenly they don't get all the points and, um, you know, a lot of swings of momentum that we gave them that we just didn't need to. So we don't want to be relying on a kick to win it at the end as well. Now, if we look at you personally as a Wallabies player, um, this year we've got Michael Hooper off for a one-year sabbatical in Japan. Um, he'll be back, assumingly, for the rugby championship. But does this bring a different mindset for you as a seven? I know you have played a lot of six as well, um, but that seven spot really is open for a lot of different players this year. Um, does that change your approach to the season, um, to the Wallabies campaign at all? Um, not, not really, to be honest. It's, um, I think anyone who steps into those jerseys, that seven or that six, when you play against them each weekend, they're going to be good players and they're going to put everything on the line. Um, I think as well, if you think too much towards that, that end product that, you know, only playing well for that, just to try and get a jersey or something, it it can often have the opposite effect. And when you're worrying too much about, uh, you know, the, the final product sort of thing being the Wallabies jersey instead of just going out, doing your job, playing well, giving it your all sort of thing. Um, it can, yeah, have the opposite effect. And, and often you start worrying too much about little things and, and reading into things. And um, so I think it, it won't change too much to this season, whether, whether or not I play six or seven um, at Reds or something like that, then... Um, it doesn't really change based on who's on the other side. You're going to try and beat your opposite number and and do well for the team. And, and then usually that stuff takes care of itself. Um, yep. Try not to think too far ahead with that stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, we'll move away from rugby now. We like to, we've got some questions here about you individually as a person. So outside sure. of rugby, what are some hobbies or interests that you may have that not everyone knows about? Um, geez, I don't... I was trying to think about that question. I don't have too many like out and out hobbies um as as you would call them yeah. um, i like going out and, and like fishing and stuff like that sure. i do a lot of fishing with my dad when i'm home with him that's cool um i think my main thing though is like you know i was at school the last few years i was a boarder um i lived at college for two years and then i've lived in these um, big share houses with guys from east so i've just always got people around coming through my house so um it doesn't really matter what i'm doing as, as long as it's sort of with people, with the boys or, or something like that. Um, we try and find things to keep busy. We went to the nets yesterday. Um, the cricket's gotten into us. So we went to the nets and did some bowling. Um, <laughs> we went to a waterfall today to try and find something to do. And Yeah, I saw um, those photos yeah. on Instagram. They looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty fun. Um, I, I love getting out west, actually, like going out to the country. One of my best mates is from uh, Maury, so we head out there a fair bit. Um, whenever we can and you know just go out and get out of Brizzy really and get out of the city and the long drives are pretty cool and just hanging out in the country and stuff like that do a little bit of shooting and that um I I do love getting out there I'd probably call that a hobby getting out west cool (laughs) but um yeah I don't mind doing anything as long as it's with the boys we could be on the couch watching Netflix (laughs) and watching cricket in the NFL all day we love watching the sports we've um you know inside feed we all follow all things like that which is just sports talk and, and getting around things like that. So uh, I'm not too fast as long as it's with people. Yeah, cool. <laughs> like that. Oh, that's awesome. And what other things do you do to try and get away from rugby? You mentioned going out to the country and that kind of thing, but I imagine being a professional rugby player, playing for the Wallabies, being captain of the Reds, it can get to you at times, the big games, big moments. 
what do you do to be able to unwind, relax, and sort of step away from that rugby player uh, mentality? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I I pick up a bit a bit of uni actually as well. Like I um I've sort of studied as all the way through school, obviously, and then um, I did my degree in um I started in exercise and movement science and business, a dual degree. Cool. Um, and it's just something I've sort of always done so like I did that before became too um, serious or contracted or anything with my rugby and got most of that out the way Um, and then I finished that first degree at the end of 2018 so that was my first year fully contracted Uh, and then so 2019 I like didn't have any uni it was pretty much just footy and and yeah there's just sort of that balance felt off it was like when I wasn't at training like you said you can't get away to the country all the time and stuff like that and um, it just felt like my balance was off when I wasn't doing footy. I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, you know, what's there to do? And I end up just sitting on the couch watching Netflix and stuff yep. like that. And I just was bored almost. And so um, I picked up a master's at the start of 2020. Um, oh, nice. 20, yeah. Um, so doing like a master's of business just to sort of extend that study, um, majoring in management. So um, even things like uni is like, you know, when it's on, you sort of go like, oh, I don't feel like studying in that. Yeah. But once you actually get into the swing of it and get a routine, it's it's good to just be able to train your mind in something else and, and um, you know, just put something else in your head and distract you completely from rugby. Um, just things, things like that, like even um, doing crosswords and sudokus and stuff like that just something it's often stuff that actually keeps the mind pretty busy like you don't yeah. have to be doing I'll probably still be sitting on the couch but i won't be just aimlessly watching netflix i'll be um trying to do some uni or you know some sudokus crosswords stuff like that um my mum was i don't know got me into all that stuff the crosswords and that so i've always loved things like that logic puzzles and that um and i try to try to do a bit of reading as well i think um, you know, the benefits of, benefits of reading, it helps you sleep and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but finding a, a balance as well between books that'll um, help you learn and, and ones that you're interested in and nonfiction and fiction and stuff. So I read Eddie Jones's book. Yeah, that's Life. a good read, isn't it? That's a good read. Yeah. Um, Kobe Bryant's one was pretty sick as well. Um, what am I reading at the moment? Some Freakonomics, it's called. Okay. So, something about um just how economics applies to like every is some i just read the first chapter and it's like teachers and sumo wrestlers are both inclined to cheat and it's like i don't know finds weird stuff like that but yeah just okay cool like that. oh that sounds Pretty, good i might have to yeah. look out for that one yeah yeah so just stuff like that you know keep the mind busy without just um lounging about all the time yeah, it sounds like you've got a good um, good way of distracting yourself from that sort of rugby side of thing and a good outlet as well. Um, I am conscious of the time. So I've got two quick uh, fan questions that I'll throw at you before we wrap things up. Uh, the yeah. first one comes from one of our followers, Mitch Evans on Twitter. He asks, was it more valuable for the team as a whole to have played in that final or for so many young Reds players to get game time for the Wallabies and exposure to that environment? Jeez, that's hard to separate. Um mm. I think that that final in the next few years will be really valuable because, um, you know, we feel like it was one of our worst games of the year and we did it in the biggest game of the year. Um, I think off almost every kickoff, we gave away a penalty for a high tackle or something and just let them march out of their own end zone and 
Um, we gave away a lot of stupid discipline stuff, those high tackles um, in the breakdown. Um, we just got scorned there. And, and, you know, we've got to be able to learn when to or how to adapt on the run, which was our issue a couple of years ago. And we have got a lot, lot better at it. But in those big games, especially when things are on the line, um, so especially for our young team like that, it, I think it'll be really valuable on on how to to adapt to that. And I think that experience will be really worthwhile because it was really, really gutting, especially when we did so well towards the end to actually claw ourselves into a into a decent spot, uh, you know, lose by four points or something. Mm, yeah. Um, if we'd have done some things right towards the start of the game, if our line out hadn't, um, you know, let us down, which it did all season. Um, I think that's... <clears throat> Yeah, really, really going to be a good lesson and hopefully, you know, spur us on to better things when we manage games like that. Um, but then again, we had, yeah, 11 guys in, in Wallabies colours this year and, um, you know, that's going to probably make up the core of our, of, our, of our squad for the Reds. And, I mean, some of those guys are just... Have just I mean, Wilson shot to another level there. Yeah. He, prove things like his line out jumping and stuff, which he didn't really get to do a whole lot of at Reds. So, yep. um, you know, Fraze and Tatey got capped. And I mean, you forget that Hunter, this was his first year as well. Oh, how playing. good. He was phenomenal this year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I think for guys like that as well, it'll just give them a world of confidence to also see how the professional side of it, like the analysis, looking into games instead of just being able to run on the field and be freaks, they have to you know, learn things like that, which will be really good for our team as well. And and also probably just bring back a bit of knowledge, a bit of different ways to do things and and just more of a voice as well at training and stuff, which will be great for us in the long run too. Now, the second part of his question, and I know Mitch is a big Reds fan, um, with the Brumbies mainly unchanged this year, is there, is there a lot of confidence in the team that you're really going to be able to take it to them? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, um, you know, we we showed in that, that sort of, um, round 10 game against yeah. Brumbies that um, you take away a couple of their key you know their line out their mall is obviously key to them yep. um, and they'll keep adapting as well they're a good team Alan's a good captain they've got a good coach um, but you know you take away a few key things and, and suddenly you can starve them a ball and it, it's kind of the same with, with a lot of teams you know you find what they're good at you try and take them away you play them towards your strengths yep um, but yeah I know their squad hasn't changed that much but um, you know we do feel that we feel really with any team that we if we play our, our sort of brand of rugby and and you know get rid of some of those silly things and improve our game management a bit like I was talking about earlier um, that we can take you know any team and including the Brumbies yeah our last question comes from Hugh underscore 96. And I can definitely um, sympathize with this question. He's asking if you can please go easy on the TARS on the 19th of February, come round one. It would be most appreciated as it's going to be a long season for us TARS supporters. And he thanks you. Anything you want to say about that? I actually, I actually think the TARS will be quite good. Um, you know, I know they've lost guys. Um, they won't have Hoops or, or Ned or, or Simo this year. Um, but they've got a good group of guys coming through. I think, you know, Will Harrison, um, you know, Holmes, he's been around for years. He's the center of their scrum sort of thing. Um, they've got, got Rami had an awesome year this year. Um, Swino's done really well as well. Um, I think they've got a really good young core there that'll do good things. I think Parisi was an excellent pickup for him. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited about that. Went to school with him and he was a Reds originally. But yep. I think he's a really good pickup and, and can round, round out a pretty good team for him. So, 
Um, yeah, no, we'll just be trying to, to do our job against them and I don't think it'll be easy by any means. Oh, good answer. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as optimistic. I think we're going to struggle a bit this year. Um, I think we'll wrap things up there. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, all the best with the season. I really am backing the Reds this year. I really do think you guys have what it takes to take out Super Rugby AU. So I'm putting my my pick behind you guys to take out the comp and all the best. Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Support for Pick and Drive Rugby is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's grooming both above and below the waist. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. So join the movement for all of your grooming needs. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code GETINVOLVED, one word, GETINVOLVED, at au.manscaped.com. Now, Ando, have you ever nicked your rugby balls while having a trim? Look, it is one of the most painful things going around. I can definitely say that. It is definitely one of the things you don't want to do. And that is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Now, both you and I, Ando, have been lucky enough to receive a copy of the Lawnmower 3.0. And I've got to say, I'm impressed. It's a third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce all grooming accidents. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code GETINVOLVED at au.manscape.com. Your rugby balls will thank you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code GETINVOLVED at au.manscape.com. It's time to take care of your balls. As always, it's fantastic to have Liam on the, or Rongers as he's known as, on the pod. Uh, second time coming on and second time is even better. Now, unfortunately, like you hopefully noticed, I wasn't able yes. to be there because uh, it was at a pretty poor time for my uh, little family. But what were some of the things that you most enjoyed about it, Mitch? Yeah, I just really enjoyed how honest he was, how, um, how open he was about the failings of last season, if you could put it that way, um, the shortcomings that they experienced and what they're really working on for 2021 for this season, how they're going to try and capillate, capillate, is that the right word? Capitalize. Capitalize. I was like, I knew you said it wrong. <laughs> capitalize on those big moments in games and really turn those tight encounters around. Um, and yeah, just really make sure that they're the ones telling the story so that they can finish off the season really well. Yeah. And I think what, that really looks at or what you what you just spoke to then is how close the reds came in 2020 to success so obviously they got to the final of super rugby au their original super rugby season wasn't that strong they actually had a pretty poor start to the mm. season um in the before the COVID break but two from eight yeah two from eight so yeah. just very very poor um but when it came to super rugby au they stepped things up and they played eight won five drew one lost two one of those was an absolute shellacking by the waratahs and we were lucky enough to be at that game oh, could we'll not believe keep, what was happening we'll just keep bringing that up for the rest of our lives i think because we will it was bloody brilliant um <laughs> So anyway, they finished on 25 points behind the Brumbies on 28, got into the, um, beat the Rebels in the playoff and then got into the final and came up just short against the Brumbies. So that was their 2020. They had a few really impressive breakout players. Um, who was, was there anybody that particularly stood out to you from the 2020 squad? Yeah, Harry Wilson. 
was just yeah, sure. massive. Um, Taniel Tupo again. We've seen him around the outskirts, but this was his this was his season to really show his prowess as a established player. Now we've seen him for the Wallabies mm. in the last few years. He featured in the World Cup, but this was his chance to really show that he has the capacity to play big game time or big game minutes, um, and yeah, just have impact on games as well. So Harry Wilson and Taniel Tupo for me. Yeah, for me, I would be saying um, Tate McDermott was probably the standout for the season, if I'm not taking any of the people that you already chose. Um, I don't understand how for so so much of the season, Scotty Malula was chosen ahead of him. Yeah. I think Tate McDermott is the standout, um, one of the standout scrum halves in Australian rugby, let alone the Reds. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if we look a little bit retrospective now that we've had 2020 to, to think back on, um, there must be some element of his game that just isn't impressing coaches. Some point there that's just not gelling because he didn't see a lot of game time at the Reds last year. And then, well, he saw game time, but he wasn't starting as many games as we thought he should be. Mm. And then he went mm. into the wall he's only played that one test in Brisbane again yep. coming off the bench so another example of him moving into a higher honors team and still not quite being at the level expected not sure what's going on there yeah there must be an element I mean for the Wallabies you wouldn't expect him to be starting at the Wallabies no. level ahead of Nick White so that's that one is understandable um the but fact we, that he we'd was think we'd think he'd be starting over, uh, not starting he'd be on the bench over Jake Gordon yep. which was what I was about to say yeah yep. and I think that uh, there must be elements to how he's playing, be that in his service delivery within his box kicking, which is a noted weakness from at the beginning of 2020. I know that's something he was really strongly working on with Will Genia um, during the COVID break. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can be bringing in in 2021. Now let's head into the ins and outs. So do we want to start with the outs? Do you want to cover that or should I? Yeah, I'll go through the outs. So big names leaving the Reds for 2021. David Fayowo, JP Smith has gone across to the LA Giltinis. I didn't even know that. That's yeah, that's and his one. brother as well. Yep. Really? Okay. Yep. Um. Yeah. He's he's not listed on here, but he was part of the Reds for the last last half of that uh, 2020 campaign. So yeah, both of those guys have gone off. Ed Craig is listed here, but short-term contract, one friend of the pod down to the Rebels. Great to see him getting a start down there. Um, Harry Hawkins off to Suntory Sunkoliath. Isaac Rotto, who left in um, much publicized news, is off to Lyon. Carter Gordon is gone to the Rebels. Isaac Lucas is off to uh, Rico Black Rams. Henry Spate left. This was prior sorry, to Super Rugby AU, but he has now signed with Bay Ritz. Brilliant. And the ins, um, we've got it listed here, Zane Nongor, because he only played the one game. I think he was a short-term loan for them, but he has been promoted into the full squad um, as a Reds Academy product. You also have Ryan Smith has been promoted from Brothers, uh, Kalani Thomas, Josh Fluke, uh, Iliasi Geraci and Suliasi Vunavalu and Matt Greeley. So Vunavalu is really the big name acquisition here from the Melbourne Storm. He's been talked up to a huge extent. He even got an invitation to come and train with the Wallabies. And Dave Rennie was very, very clear within that invitation that 
he would not be getting any game time whatsoever for the Wallabies during the international season. But what it was, much like they did with Marika Korobetti when he first came over from the Storm a few years back, they took him into a Wallaby squad just to help him get acclimatised to the game because they could see from his history in league and from his physical stature and features that he was going to be an absolute weapon. And so they were just trying to give him a head start into the nuances and into the rules and requirements of playing rugby union. So that helps us shift across really. Actually, why don't we just I was just going to say while we're on that, it was was really great to hear um, Liam Wright talk about Vunivalu in his interview as well. Um, The fact that he has he has that union background. So he's played it up until he was 18 and he's just been able to shift straight back into that same frame, which is really good to see that he's not only a really freak player, but Liam Wright said that he was a great fit for their culture at the club and he's already fitting in and and gelling really well with some of the other Fijian plays, but also some of the wider squad. So I was a little bit hesitant of him coming across as a league player, being a little bit different, uh, maybe not gelling so well with the team. Uh, that was my biggest fear that he wasn't going to take to the game as well or as quickly as we were hoping, sort of like Israel Folau, his first season and probably two seasons, still making silly errors that were sort of characteristic of a person of a player who's never actually played the game before. But it's really exciting to see that Vunuvalu's just hit the ground running and he's he's already two weeks into preseason. He's impressing everyone. I'm really excited for this red squad because the the youth and the energy that they brought into 2020 is only going to be further built upon and developed in 2021. Uh, some of the academy products that they brought in, like I mentioned, Fluke, Thomas, Nongor, Droessi, and Greeley, um, Droessi, sorry, and Greeley, they are by and large really exciting players across the park. Um, so we've got uh, Fluke as a winger, Kala. Uh, Thomas as a scrum half, Nongo as tight head prop, uh, Drew Assisi as fly half, potentially. I couldn't find a huge amount of information about him. Um, and Matt Greeley is a fullback slash back three. So there's just a lot of further young talent that is coming through this red squad. And they haven't lost too many, actually, they haven't really lost any of their massively experienced players except for their props. Yeah. Except for the props. So having JP and Ruan having left. Um, just means that I'm not too sold on their front row, uh, particularly the bench front row, I should say. Um, so why don't we just go players to watch and then we can talk about some of the areas of weakness within our 2021 predictions. Okay, so for me, uh, my player to watch will be Vinivalu. I want to get that out early. Yep. I yep. already have... I'm really impressed with what Liam Wright has said. I think he's going to be really, really big weapon for the Reds this year. Having Vunuvalu on the wing alongside Filippo Dungunu is just going to be crazy. Two Fijian wingers who are, they have different games. Filippo is probably a little bit more um, charismatic, if that's the word you want to use, sort of showy. Um, Vunuvalu is just going to be that big ball running presence who's just going to be able to get over the top of anyone that comes at him, similar to sort of Tunkeli Nayaravoro a few years for the Waratahs. But together, those two are going to bring something different we haven't seen for the Reds for a few years, two different attacking weapons. Um, I'm really excited to see them play. Agreed. I am particularly keen. Oh, look, there's just so many players that you could pick out of this squad. I'd love to see more from Fraser McWright. Um, like we discussed with Liam in the interview, this is a bit of a breakout year for sixes and sevens within Australian rugby with Michael Hooper not being around. And so you just have this chance to impress and just change a bit of the narrative that 
there's no point being a seven if you want to have Wallabies aspirations because Michael Hooper's there. Yeah. Um, now, I know he'll be back for a large part of the international window, but just having him not playing domestically means that we can see these other players really step up. Um, I would like to see... Look, this is a really hard one. Who do you have as 12 and 13 if you're picking a starting red side? Can I? Can you answer that? So 12, I'd be putting um, Jordan Pattaya and 13, Hunter Paisani. Where does Hamish Stewart go? On the bench. So, as we said in the past, Jordan Pattaya is the kind of player that needs to start or he doesn't make the team. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. I was just thinking about this. I don't think based off 2020 form, Jordan uh, Hamish Stewart deserves to not be in the starting team because he was one of the most consistent and stable performers for that team. But with... With Pasami moving across the 12 for the Wallabies, it's just possibly pushing Hamish Stewart out of that starting team. Well, he could push back to fullback. We already saw Bryce Hagerty was um, coming off the bench a few times for the Reds this year. So maybe he's that bench spot because he can slot in at a few different positions in that back line as well. Similar to what Stewart. About, what about Jock Campbell? Because he was killing it at 15 when he got the starts. True. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. That's the thing with this Red squad is... In some way, I don't know how, who to look out for because I'm not certain of what their back line is going to look like. And so obviously I'm focused on the backs, but now I'm going to shift it to the forwards. Um, I would really like to see Lukan Sarkailoto step up yet again and establish himself as the dominant forward, uh, the dominant lock within Australian rugby that's playing in Australia because we know that... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm having a mental blank of the Rebels. Done what I normally do. Oh, yeah. Chucked a Mitch. Um, He (laughs) has gone to power for one year. So we don't have any. And oh, yeah. And our our best mate from the Waratahs, Simmons, Simmons, has gone. So, and Hannigan. We don't have any of the Wallabies' second rowers in literally in the country except for Lukan Sarkailoto. So he needs to step up this season because our locking stocks are even slimmer than they were. And they were already at pretty decimated levels it's at the been... beginning of the international window. Yeah. 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 I, I had um, John Pataya on my list of players as well. I think this year he needs to step up and perform well for the Reds. He came off a pretty injury ravaged year last year. He didn't, understandably, he had a, a bit of a personal tragedy with the passing of his father mid-season. He never quite seemed to be able to shake that. So I'm really hoping that he took some really uh, some good downtime in this offseason to be able to get himself mentally and physically right and really is coming in with a good preseason, coming into 2021 ready and firing. Um, he's he's shown that he's a, a player that has the potential to make something from nothing, but he's also the player that has shown that he's willing to cop a knock and go off for the rest of the game off nothing yep. massive. Um and yeah, it's been something we've spoke about last year, but for me, he either needs to start or he's not on the team because you can't put him on the bench, bring him on and he goes off 20 minutes later injured. You've got no one to replace him then. So I think, yeah. Yeah, look, I can't really add much to that. Uh, he's a bit of an enigma at the moment. I don't think he's lived up to his hype. Um, not last year, no. No. So, but he had, a, like you mentioned, he had a really disrupted year. So maybe 2021 is a year where he can have some stability and consistency. Let's see. 
Um, okay, let's move now to the 2021 predictions. Uh, if you listened to our podcast last week, you already know where we each have placed the Reds. So, Mitch, you've got them as number one, and yep. I have them as number two. Uh, can you quickly, maybe briefly, because we did touch yeah, on this we last did week. Touch on this last week. Yeah. Can you just quickly? I tried in to like avoid thirty-second justification. Yeah, I tried to avoid saying this point in my Brumbies review last week um, or preview last week. But for me, the Reds need something Liam spoke about in this interview was taking ownership of those big moments in games and really dictating how the outcome comes. So if the Reds can really get things right and be able to perform away from home as well as at home, get some of those really key games along the season um, under their belt and get that win, I think that they're going to be a real force to reckon with. They'll take the experience from being in the final last year. Liam was very uh, forthcoming with saying that their performance in the final was their worst performance. I don't necessarily agree with that. I thought they did really well to to run the Brumbies down and give it another 10, 15 minutes. I think they might've actually pushed over for another try. Um, But yeah, I think if the Brum, if the Reds can get that away record fixed from this season, and secure the home final, they will be the team to beat because they showed last year that they've made Suncorp Stadium a fortress. When they play at home, they are unbeatable. They beat everyone in the competition at home. And yeah, I think if they can get that final in Suncorp Stadium, they're going to be, it's going to be a real task to get that trophy off them. They're going to, they're going to take the trophy. Yeah. All right. I, like I mentioned last week, so I won't go into mine in any real detail. I just don't think they have the experience to do what you've just spoken about to capitalize on those mistakes. Maybe the pain of losing the Super AU final will in a way rejuvenate them or provide that impetus or flame under them to make sure that they do respond as you've said, as Liam mentioned. Uh, But I just don't think that they have the consistency or I didn't always see the consistency last year, particularly in the Super regular super season uh if you combine the two of them together that consistency definitely wasn't there that's my that's my concern but that being said i still have them playing finishing second and they may well pip the brumbies for first spot yeah awesome cool well all right it's great that finally we actually don't agree on something we've got two different (laughs) votes there so we will be able to be backing two different teams this season brilliant well yeah we we need something to uh keep our minds off the (laughs) eternal misery which might be the the waratahs this year who knows maybe we're wrong maybe, maybe we're just we putting things down to so much that any positives bring us immense joy let's see <laughs> well let's not go to the waratahs every time we're talking about another super rugby team but it's what we do it's what it's, we do <laughs> it's what we do um thank you for joining us this week everyone we would love to hear your thoughts around the red season We've given our thoughts. We think we've said where we think they're going to finish. We want to hear from you. Go on to uh, social media. Go on to super social media and give us a follow on Instagram, on Facebook, on on Twitter. Give us a follow. Let us know how you think the, the Reds are going to go. Who's your favorite to take out Super Rugby AU 2021? We want to hear from you. All right. Have an awesome week, everybody. Bye. Bye.